Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is October 7th, 2021, and our first story, rioters in New York City tore down a COVID testing site as even people in New York are saying no to vaccine mandates. In our next story, Project Veritas exposes emails from Pfizer showing that, yes, they do use fetal cells in the production of the vaccine. And boy, do they not want you to find out. And in our last story, Rand Paul slams Dr. Fauci for lying about natural immunity. But I think the bigger issue is that we should be debating the vaccine mandates, not the exemptions to the mandates. Now, before we get started, leave us a good review and give us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. This past weekend, I saw a video and photo that was really surprising to me. Rioters in New York City. Now, maybe a low level riot, as low as you can possibly get, but it was venturing in the territory of a riot because people tore down a pop up COVID testing facility. People in New York, of all places, are saying the vaccine mandate is authoritarianism, it's unconstitutional, and what may also be one of the most shocking things I've experienced is that a New York-based Antifa individual comment on, commented on my Facebook telling me that they agreed vaccine mandates are statist authoritarianism. Well, now we can agree at least on that. Where do we go from here? But I'll tell you where we go if we don't stand up and push back. Australia. Recently in Australia, there were union riots, working class individuals saying that they refused to adhere to these vaccine mandates. They didn't want to lose their jobs. So they rioted. Now we can see that mainstreaming in the U.S. is trying to label union workers protesting the government fascists, saying fascist anti-vax riot sparks COVID outbreak in Australia with Rupert Murdoch's help. And I want you to understand how important it is for us to pay attention to Australia. They are building and have already built quarantine camps. Now, I am assured by the good folks at Quillette, a spineless organization that's basically given up on the idea of freedom. They support the lockdowns that never would the government dream of using these camps to house your run of the mill citizen. Why, the camps are only for people who are traveling into Australia who must be quarantined. The photos out of these camps are still grotesque. One video shows a man saying we're all standing around waiting to be fed. Like when you, when you ring a bell for the dog, everyone comes running out. The police yelled at a woman for, I think she was sipping tea with her, pulling her mask down. They said, don't you dare do that again. 
We've seen the videos out of Australia, the man hunts, the people being arrested and detained. It is nightmarish. Now that the media is saying union workers protesting this are Rupert Murdoch's fascists and that there's a super spreader and an outbreak happening because of it. How long until the state says, while these camps were not intentionally designed to house people who contracted COVID, if people are going to be infecting each other and violating the lockdown, we need some reasonable location to place them for their own safety. I mean, look, it has nothing to do with protests. Protests are allowed, but you got COVID from your protests. So we're gonna have to send you to this camp. There's another story about a man who just had the cops show up to his house one day and they said, you've tested positive for COVID. So you're being taken to a hotel for indefinite quarantine. And he was like, all right, mate. And he hopped right in the van. History has taught us a lot about just getting in the van, getting in the train car. Yeah, perhaps it's not so much a good idea when you do this, when they have camps set up. But again, rest assured, the good people over at Quillette say, don't worry about the camps they're building and expanding. Once once we've defeated COVID, it'll all blow over. I predicted this. I said, how long until they claim the protests are super spreader events? And then how long from now until they say those who contract COVID at these events need to be quarantined? Or more specifically, if they say anyone who violates quarantine will need to be isolated, will will need to be quarantined at the facility for their own good so the disease can't be spread. It will come to America if we do not stay vigilant and push back. Now, this story about anti-vaccine mandate protesters predominantly spread across the left. The right didn't see it. And you know what? I didn't cover it either, but I did see the images. And in the images, anti-vaccine mandate protesters took the Brooklyn Bridge, shutting it down. You know why that's significant? When Occupy Wall Street tried this, the NYPD arrested every single person. Many people were climbing up to the walkway to escape arrest. It was a major moment where buses were brought in. But now the anti-mandate protesters, uh uh-uh, they're not standing for it. And they successfully took the bridge. Well, let's take a look at what's going on, what happened here in New York, and what will happen if we don't pay attention to Australia, what will happen to the rest of us. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, and you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as from our new show, Tales from the Inverted World, which will be coming soon. The show is live, episodes every Sunday morning, and we're going to have a conversation members-only podcast exploring these ideas and reading comments you leave on the TimCast.com page uh, for the episode. So if you go to the episode one and you leave a comment, we'll actually be answering questions in that members-only segment. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share this show with your friends if you think it's really important, you think we're talking about important things. It is the most powerful form of marketing, and it's the only way we will be able to compete with algorithms trying to censor us and with the massive budgets of the mainstream media industrial complex. Well, let's read from Newsweek. Anti-vaccine mandate protesters flip COVID testing tent in New York. A protest in New York City Monday against COVID mandates turned violent as the group made its way across the city. The event began in Brooklyn at the headquarters of the New York City Department of Education. The DOE's recent employee mandates gave teachers until this past Friday to receive at least one dose of the COVID vaccine, or else they would not be allowed to return to work. Independent reporter Brendan Guten-Schwager captured footage of events as they unfolded. Now, my, my question here, and, and this is at BG on the scene, if you've, if you've not followed him. My question is, what does one vaccine dose do? They're saying it's a vaccine mandate and you have to get at least one dose, but 
My understanding is in order to actually have efficacy, you need two doses. So what are they accomplishing by saying get at least one? That I, I really, I genuinely don't understand. I'm not asserting anything, just doesn't seem to make sense. They're going to say, it was estimated that up to 8,000 Department of Education employees would be out of a job due to refusing the vaccine. This number represents the minority, though, as Danielle Filson, press secretary for New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, said on Twitter that 95% of DOE staff have been vaccinated. As the protest continued, the large group then made its way across the Brooklyn Bridge into Manhattan, many carrying anti-vaccine signs and banners. I'm willing to bet that that is not true. And they were carrying anti-mandate signs and banners. Now, look, if you oppose vaccine, you're allowed to. Congratulations. You have an opinion. All right. Fair, fair call. You're allowed to have that opinion. I actually am not anti-vaccine at all. And it's weird when people, you know, like Trump supporters are like, oh, Tim supports the vaccine. So what? That, that's, that has nothing to do with liberty. Okay. I, I, that I don't get. You should have the choice. If you don't like it, that's your choice. Anti-mandate is very different from anti-vaccine. They said they made their way there carrying uh, chanting catchphrases like wake up New York and we the people will not comply. The protesters could also be seen jeering at restaurant diners and leaving them stickers and signs. Under a new citywide mandate, patrons must show proof of vaccination in order to dine indoors. From there, the protest began to get violent as marchers began to knock over various outdoor furniture. Footage shows the group ended up at Union Square where protesters descended upon a mobile COVID testing unit, flipping its tent upside down and knocking over tables and chairs. Police were able to write the tents and tables. I'm not a fan of that. I don't see how that's effective for anybody, but I can understand people being angry. I can say the same thing about Antifa throwing bricks through windows, but I do not think it's effective. It just makes people feel scared and and will help rally people against you. They say after these incidents, the crowd kept moving across Manhattan and eventually ended up at the office of the Australian consulate in New York. Australia has been well publicized for having some of the most stringent COVID lockdowns in the world. While cases across that country are rising, the nation has only reported 1,346 deaths from the coronavirus. As the protesters gathered outside of the, of the consulate building, some could be seen with both American and Australian flags. One marcher with a megaphone was heard addressing the crowd, stating, the protesters have so much free time now, and we're going to be at schools. We're going to be handing out flyers to parents. It did not appear that anyone from the consulate's office communicated with the marchers. Now, this is interesting to see in New York, of all places. I did not expect this, but people of all stripes are saying, no, there were anti-mandate protests in, I think it was in West Hollywood and in Santa Monica in California. These are very left-leaning areas. One guy was holding a rainbow Gadsden flag in, Cal- in, in Los Angeles. Now that to me was rather impressive. People want their freedom. But what's to come for us? If we protest these mandates, rest assured it is only a matter of time before the mainstream establishment media says you're a fascist. And you've caused a super spreader event. Now, here in the US, they've already done it. They said those that are protesting the lockdowns are creating super spreader events. They're far right. Black Lives Matter, on the other hand, those protests actually reduced COVID. Yeah, that's how absurd, stupid and psychotic these people are. And regular people, there's a lot of regular people, they just don't care. Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. In Australia, when they rose up and said no, they're now being labeled fascists. Take a look at this borderline satirical article from the Daily Beast. Yeah, they, they're, they're treating this like it's a serious piece of journalism. Fascist anti-vax riot sparks COVID outbreak in Australia with Rupert Murdoch's help. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. 
and you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. They say, as Tucker Carlson launches into unhinged tirades about Australia's destructive and crazy anti-COVID measures, a virus outbreak linked to a violent anti-vaccine riot is ripping through the Australian city of Melbourne, infecting at least 20 people so far, including a baby. Now, these aren't anti-vax riots. These are anti-mandate riots, which there is a difference. Disgruntled over vaccine mandates. Ah, there you go. So this is fake news. It is not an anti-vaccine riot. They say a mob of rioters blockaded the headquarters of the Construction, Forestry, Mining and Energy Union, CFMEU, one of the most powerful workers unions in in the Southern Hemisphere late last month. Since the clash, at least five union officials have tested positive for COVID. Another 126 people became primary close contacts. And according to Branch Secretary John Setka, the disease has spread to family members. Quote, one of the members, 14 in his family and counting, have got it. Setka, who, was label, who labeled the writers as drunken fascist on Australian morons, told Australian Broadcasting Corporation, the nation's public broadcaster, on Wednesday morning, we have got a case of a four-month-old toddler who has got it. Young children, grandparents, it is just absolutely terrible. Some of them are seriously unwell. A news cameraman who covered the angry protests framed around a vehement opposition to, man- to vaccine mandates in the construction industry has also tested positive. A CFMEU Victoria Tasmania branch official who was not authorized to speak publicly told the Daily Beast the rioters were effing grubs and put union members and their families in real danger. Quote, the whole reason we exist is to keep our members safe. And these effing grubs have come here trying to start trouble. They've spread the virus and now innocent people have been caught up in it. And they're being egged on by the spivs in the conservative media who have always hated the unions because it serves two of their purposes, spreading lies and putting the union in a difficult position. The super spreader demonstration ignited a series of other clashes that were co-opted by networks seeking to sow disinformation and discord. In Australia, where Rupert Murdoch controls a significant portion of traditional media landscape, the groups have received validation from parts of the Sky News Australian network. The symbiosis was born in early August when YouTube banned the pay television broadcaster for several days and permanently removed some of its content because the videos violated the tech giant's medical misinformation policies. For the past few days, at least, there has been a bizarre real-world cross-pollination between American and Australian conspiracy elements. A week ago, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis told a boat builders conference that he wasn't sure whether Australia is freer than communist China right now. I don't know. The fact that's even a question tells you something gone, something's gone dramatically off the rails, he said at the convention in Tampa. And Ron DeSantis would be correct. They have camps in Australia. Yeah. And as I mentioned, they're saying it's just for those who are traveling. I want to make sure that context is clear. 
Because that's what Claire Lehman tried writing in The Australian, that people like Tim Pool are wrong to refer to our camps as concentration camps. Concentration camp typically is a term that refers to the concentration of individuals in a camp. Now, because of World War II, they typically have an insinuation of being nefarious and authoritarian. They are. And that is the point I was trying to convey. How much longer until Australia says those who break quarantine will need to be placed in the camp for their own protection? That's what it's always about, isn't it? Two days ago, so-called freedom marchers in New York ended their demonstration outside the Australian consulate in Midtown, where they announced they were going to hold the line for Australia and save the country. The first round of protests in Melbourne, attended by a person infected with the deadly, de- the deadly Delta variant. Okay, you see, let, let me slow down here and give you a lesson in media. The deadly Delta variant. This is how they do fake news. Is the Delta variant deadly? It is. But they add words that are shock value to drive an emotional meaning. Instead of just saying the basic facts that the government has declared X, government says super spreader event, people got infected. They are framing it as, as, as awfully as possible. They're going to say the Daily Beast has been told by a state government official that of the 126 close contacts identified with the union, 70% have so far tested negative for COVID-19. But in a state now experiencing its worst outbreak since the pandemic began 20, 20 months ago, vaccination rates are still not at levels that will contain the spread. By Wednesday, only about 54% of the population aged 16 and over had received both doses of the vaccine. Construction boss Setka told the Australian Broadcasting Corporation the massive spike in Victorian case numbers to 1,763 in a single day on Tuesday, almost 2.5 times the peak of the worst wave in the, in the state last year, could definitely be linked to the marchers. And it's just so irresponsibly said, this could lead to people dying. An outlaw motorcycle gang member known as the Destroyer, who attended the union office police, uh, the union office protest, revealed earlier this week on his Instagram account that he spent time in the ICU after contracting the virus. Quote, just got out of ICU, COVID is real, he wrote. This week, Australian journalist Sherry Markson launched a book about the purpo- uh, purported origins of the virus in the Wuhan lab with Fox News host Tucker Carlson and her colleague from Sky News, Chris Kenny. Toward the end of the event, Carlson said it was, out- it was courageous English people who did more than anyone else to change the world. Quote, and to see their descendants, which is us, you, me, Canada, New Zealand, display the spirit of obedience and cravenness. I am ashamed to watch it, he said. Where are the fiercely independent Americans? Where the hell are the people who founded the country? Where are the, their great grandchildren hiding indoors because of a virus? Where are the men? Chris Kenny, who was also a communist with news corporations, the Australian newspaper, said in response, thank you for calling it out, Tucker Carlson. I think you're absolutely right. Despite the urgent Save Australia chants that echoed through the streets of New York City this week, Australians have been quite adept at saving themselves once the federal government finally boosted vaccine supplies from the middle of the year. The two most populous states, New South Wales and Victoria, together with the nation's capital territory, have been recording first, first dose vaccination levels higher than almost anywhere else in the world. On Wednesday, New South Wales reached the milestone of 70% double dose vaccinations among those over aged over 16. But I'd like to show you this about Melbourne from Reuters. Melbourne cases hit record despite two months of lockdown. The lockdown did little to prevent the major spike. Perhaps the reason people are flocking to get vaccinated is, as I said, most people are okay with the vaccines and think they're fine, and they're being forced and coerced by the government. 
The government makes it as, as difficult as possible to exist. They, they arrest you for being outside, even if you are vaccinated and people are bending the knee. Why? Well, Australians are Australia is a nation of cowards. Um, it, it is. And I don't mean to say that everyone in Australia is a coward. Certainly not. There are people who live in very harsh conditions in Australia. But like the United States, we are also a nation of cowards. People will just drop to their knees and say, I will just keep complying, even though every time I have so far, things have gotten worse. And that's it. It's cowards. Not everybody, but too many. You need to understand every step of the way since they've locked everything down, every mandate, every restriction, everyone has basically just complied with it. And now we have food shortages. Things are getting dramatically worse. And that's the reality of what's happening. Compliance is the reason your children will not have food. Let me tell you, my friends, I had uh, 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 my, my uh, friends, you know, go to the store and I was, uh, you know, people and, and workers, you know, employees were like, hey, let's go pick up some some supplies. And they came back and were telling me that the, many of the shelves were empty. It was crazy. They didn't understand it because, you know, we're not I thought everything reopened. It's like, yeah, there was. And the prices were through the roof. Ian, you guys know from Timcast IRL was like, I think we should do a run of like, you know, emergency food again. And I'm like, we have a decent amount. Not that much, though. We have like maybe like two weeks worth for the for the crew. And he was like, we should do a bigger order. And so I was like, yeah, why not? Right. You, you buy the stuff and your worst case scenario in the event of an apocalypse is you have food. And your worst case scenario in the event of being wrong is that you have food and all you got to do is just eat it. So I went online and started looking for the they have these uh, buckets you can get. They're big buckets. I think they're like five gallon buckets and they hold, you know, rice, beans, potatoes, eggs and things like that. It's all dehydrated and it lasts for 20 to 30 years. I couldn't find any rice. And this is really strange. I was like, this, this doesn't make sense. I can't find any rice. So I found a bunch of sites offering up these big buckets of rice. And I was like, they had like one or two available. And I was like, they're sold out. I went and looked at other emergency food supply websites and the prices are more than doubled. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Inflation, shrinkflation, it is happening faster than you realize. Emergency food kits that used to cost 80 bucks are at like 300. I couldn't believe it. I was like, dude, whoa, it's absolutely insane how much prices have gone up. And so I ended up doing a major split order for rice. Now, you got to understand, we have about 30 employees here. We're not, we're not thinking we're going to be surviving the apocalypse off of emergency food supplies. We're thinking that we'll have rice and beans for maybe a month or two in the event that there is major supply chain disruption, which we are watching happen right now. If it gets worse, I want to make sure that we have some supplies. Granted, again, it's like 30 people plus guests. So we're not prepping to the extent that we think we're going to live in a bunker for 35 years. We just want to make sure we're stocked up for the people who work here. Well, you know, people cook here and they eat and things like that. You take a look at what's happening in Australia and you need to understand we, we, we are headed in that direction. Now, maybe when you see something like New York, there's a resistance. But even Australia has the resistance and you can see where it goes. Check this out from CNN. COVID surge after some Australians break lockdown to celebrate country's biggest football event of the year. Mm -hmm. So it was going to be a COVID surge. Now, here's where it works. It's interesting. Check this out. Sydney to exit COVID-19 lockdown next week after vaccination rate hit 70%. Ah, interesting. Well, hold on there a minute. What's this? From the Wall Street Journal. Australia to end travel ban in pivot to living with COVID-19. Interesting. Oh, wait, what's this? Fully vaccinated citizens and permanent residents will be able to leave and return without seeking permission. 
And there it is. They have done the big ask. They have scared you. They have threatened you. They have taken your jobs. They've rounded people up. Maybe not that many. I don't know. But we've seen the video of the guy being brought in the van for, you know, being infected with COVID. And then they say, simply get fully vaccinated and we'll give you back what we took from you. The headline, as Ian puts it, man stops beating wife. Should we celebrate this? No, we shouldn't. This is not a good thing. This is Australia saying we have a two-tiered system now. The lockdowns will persist for those that refuse to take the injection. And those who comply with forced medication will be allowed to resume life like normal. Yeah, that's a bit too creepy and out there for me. Queensland COVID exposure site list expands to Brisbane suburbs, including Kerrendale's Westfield Shopping Center. It's all still happening. They're telling you that if you get the vaccine and just do as you're told, everything will be fine. But what about people who can't get the vaccine? And what about the idea of, I don't know, having rights? Do you think it will not happen here, my friends? Let me show you what will happen here. Report. Unvaccinated NBA players could face jail time for breaching quarantine in Toronto. Yeah, from Yahoo News. Unvaccinated NBA players who travel north of the border and do not follow Canada's Quarantine Act will be subject to strict penalties, including possible jail time. Under the act, unvaccinated players will only be permitted to leave their hotel room for team activities. The players must also take a COVID-19 test upon arriving in Canada. The act also states that anybody breaking the rules can face up to six months in prison and or $750,000 in fines. Since NBA training camps have opened up, the league has, has seen a steady rise in vaccination rates. Over this time, the league's overall rate has jumped from 90% to 95%. This figure includes players who have received at least one dose of the vaccine. Canadian NBA star Andrew Wiggins spoke out against getting the COVID-19 vaccine and until recently hadn't received it. Wiggins has since received the shot, although he wasn't pleased about it. Quote, I felt like the only options were to get vaccinated or not play in the NBA. He said it was a tough decision. Hopefully in 10 years it works out and I'm still healthy. The NBA can't mandate required vaccination amongst players, but it continues to encourage everyone to get the jab. The Toronto Raptors have returned to their home city this season after playing the 2021 campaign in Tampa. Every member of the Raptors organization has now received a second dose of the vaccine. Now, I want to stress, they say unvaccinated. And that's where we're going. All of this is here's how it plays out. The lockdowns were never lifted. The lockdowns still exist unless you are vaccinated. Some people can't get the vaccine. Some people have religious opposition. It's not for me to decide, nor are you. But the state has made it clear. If you oppose this, you're an anti-vaxxer, and that's all that matters. Newsweek with the latest. Check this out. Merriam-Webster's dictionary definition of anti-vaxxer includes opposing vaccine mandates. They say, the official definition of an anti-vaxxer, according to Merriam-Webster, includes people who oppose vaccine mandates. The dictionary's definition of the term, which was updated last month, is, quote, a person who opposes the use of vaccines or regulations mandating vaccination. The term has widely been used to describe individuals who do not believe in vaccinations, but has not often been used to describe those who disagree with requirements necessitated by private businesses. Some vaccinated individuals still oppose mandates from employers, arguing that unvaccinated people should not have to choose between getting the jab and their jobs and may have medical ailments preventing it. Merriam-Webster said anti-vaxxer is used particularly often to describe a parent who opposes having his or her child vaccinated. In an effort to get more Americans vaccinated against COVID-19, more businesses and employers are adopting vaccine mandates 
and the new requirements are indicating that mandates work. According to a White House analysis released on Thursday, healthcare systems, schools, public sector agencies, and private businesses with vaccine requirements have increased vaccination rates among workers to over 90% at many organizations. Comparably, those figures are significantly higher than the average rate of fully vaccinated adults, which is 63%. On Thursday, President Joe Biden will visit Chicago to promote vaccine mandates for large employers. Quote, the president's message will be clear. Vaccination requirements work, Jen Psaki said on Wednesday. Vaccination requirements get more people vaccinated, helping to end the pandemic and strengthen the economy. Perhaps you don't understand what the argument is. No one is saying they don't work. They're saying when you put a, the barrel of a gun to someone's head, yeah, they tend to comply. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. And of all the people with disabilities or natural immunity or otherwise are sitting there asking, why should we be subjected to this? And regardless, anyone of good conscience says, what gives the government to right to demand pe the right to demand people's papers? I'll tell you, compliance, your compliance. Now, with all of this happening, it seems to me the federal government is just absolutely desperate. They are uh, unable to actually enforce most of the laws that the federal government has on the books. There was a period where most people agreed to the federal government and went along with the laws. And whenever there was an outlier, the feds could send in their law enforcement to deal with it. Today, with more and more states defying the federal government, with more and more people saying no, it's becoming clear that the federal government does not have the capability within its law enforcement agencies to actually deal with widespread disregard of federal law. As we can see here in this Gallup poll, in the U.S., trust in politicians and voters continues to ebb. People are losing faith in the system across the board. Trust in America's judgment down among all party groups. Confidence in politicians vary, varies wildly by party identification. The bottom line, Americans' confidence in institutions, government, and its agencies has suffered over the past year. But these ratings are also low from a long-term perspective. These collective findings reflect a larger cynicism toward governmental institutions and the figures who represent and direct them as well as the U.S. voters who put them in decision-making roles. Republicans and independents in particular have become even less trusting of politicians over the past 13 years, creating a great deal of distance between them and their Democratic counterparts. Most U.S. adults remain trusting of the American people's judgments, but this majority has gotten slimmer over time and is on track to dip below the 50% mark later this decade, if the trend continues, possibly creating a crisis for overall confidence in the U.S. Democratic system. 
What this says to me, I suppose, is that the media may tell you people are just bending the knee. Joe Biden may say the vaccine mandates work. But I wonder if the people who are forced to get the vaccine are happy they're being forced to do it or if they're getting increasingly angry about it. There are a few people I know I talked to who said they felt coerced. They're unhappy that they were told to get it. They don't understand why they were getting it. They don't understand anything. About that. And I'm like, that's the issue with, you know, the, the left telling people not to, to ignore their doctors when you should absolutely be talking to your doctor. They say, just pull in the parking lot. Don't ask questions. Just stick your arm out the window and you're all good. One of the stupidest things I've ever heard. Look, I'll shout out Casey Neistat again because I respect the guy, respect the hustle, think he's a good dude. But he tweeted, go and get the vaccine. My response was, no, go and talk to your doctor first. Why? We want to reduce adverse events. and We want to make sure people are getting proper medical treatment. We don't want people to be getting their opinions on medical advice from Internet personalities, me included. Go to someone who knows better. For some reason, he objected and said, I didn't go to the doctor. I just pulled into the parking lot, put my stuck on my arm out the window and waited 45 minutes and I was done. And then I was like, dude, why are you encouraging people to ignore advice from their trusted family medical professionals? That to me is wrong. But this is what you get. The celebrity left will tell everyone to ignore their doctors. When I tweet about this, boy, did the left get mad saying, you're just scaring people for no reason, Tim. The vaccines are safe and effective. And I'm like, and I agree. And they should make sure they're getting sound advice from a doctor before doing anything. Because you, for all, look, it's the same applies to anybody who would take ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or whatever. Now, go to your doctor, get your prescriptions through them. And, and, and that's between you and your doctor and someone who knows your health. So why were all these leftists telling me I was wrong to say people should go to their doctors? People on the right tell me doctors are dumb. Not a good response, in my opinion, because certainly there are a lot of smart doctors. You've got to find the good one. But the left was telling me not to have people go to their doctors. My favorite was the doctor will just say get vaccinated. So what's the point anyway? And I'm like, then why are you mad? You're saying people should not be reassured by someone they trust. That's really weird. If you ask me. They want people to just bend the knee. That's what it is. It's about control. I mentioned this in a previous segment that I did on my other channel. I think for the most part, it's not about vaccine mandates. It's about social credit systems. It's about making sure that you show your papers wherever you go, that you're in the system registered and tracked. It's that they can eventually roll out the mobile app that has a geo tracker in it. Now they directly know where you're going, who you're talking to, when you're talking to them or why. It will not end with medical issues. It will expand well beyond this. And that's what I think people just don't understand. They make the argument about natural immunity or, or I'm like, no, 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 no. They, they, they make the argument about a, a, a battle between the efficacy of the vaccines. I'm like, irrelevant. There are many medi medications we don't talk about and we don't know what's in them. The point is the crisis is being exploited to mandate IDs and social credit systems. We reject that now or forever hold our peace because you look at what's happening in Australia and it will come here. Maybe before then, the states break apart. People, you know, lose it and just say enough. Maybe. Maybe there's a return to federalism, a very weak federal government. The states can be the states and the federal government does its thing, but doesn't interfere. Maybe that's what we need to save this country. I don't know for sure, as I often say, but I do know that we're dangerously close for the left to a convention of states, which is all in all still a good thing, in my opinion. There are there are almost a, I believe there are more than enough states proposing a convention of states to amend the Constitution, which would be good in the long run and just disastrous for the left. 
I'll leave it there, though. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. Last night, Project Veritas released a report, a whistleblower from Pfizer, showing emails where Pfizer is very concerned. They don't want people to find out that in their experimentation for vaccines, they use human fetal cells. This is a fact. They do. Now, a lot of people think that the fetal cells are in the vaccine. They're not. And if you actually watch the Veritas expose, they're not saying that. They're specifically saying that they've been using human fetal cells from aborted tissue to experiment to produce the vaccine. Before we get into this, and I'll show you what's going on, I I want to explain a couple things. First, you can really see how they know people morally object to this. I would, I would actually assume most people in this country don't know that human fetal cells are used in, in, in experimentation for the production of vaccines. And if they did know, they likely would have very serious moral objections to it, which is why we see these emails from Pfizer where they're like, we don't want people to hear this. And it's really funny, actually, in the emails, they're like, hey, you know that part about how we use human embryonic kidney cells or whatever? Yeah, get rid of that part. One employee says, wait, wait, so are you saying you want me to use that part? No, 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 no. Don't tell people we do this, but they do. I don't know how that will, that will affect a regular person's decision making, but this has serious consequences for religious exemptions. Now, I must stress, my friends, it is not new information that human fetal cells are being used in vaccination experimentation in general. But this is confirmation that Pfizer does use it for the latest mRNA vaccines. We've known for some time that it has been used in other vaccines. This is why many people have been claiming religious exemptions. They do not feel comfortable exploiting or taking advantage of some kind of experimentation that uses aborted human fetal tissue. Now, there have been some questions. The other thing I want to point out, there was a woman who was claiming a religious exemption and she was denied because they said, You've gotten other vaccines. This one makes no sense for you to deny, for you to deny. What they were trying to claim is that if you have taken any other vaccine, you clearly have no real vaccination objection. Therefore, your religious exemption is denied. However, a lot of people are pointing out they did not know that aborted fetal cells were used in the production, the experimentation to develop the vaccines. Again, I want to stress the fetal cells aren't in the vaccine themselves. Veritas does not assert that, nor does any other uh, you know, establishment news source. But the fact remains, if people feel like this violates their religious beliefs, well, then it does. You know, there's, there's, there's an interesting, uh, I, I was thinking about this, and not to downplay the use of, of, of human fetal tissue from aborted fetuses. I mean, there are people who go to restaurants and won't eat certain foods. When you fly on a plane, they demand a vegan option. They will not consume it, it uh, you know, animal matter. It violates their core beliefs. This is human tissue. Certainly, there are a lot of people who will say this violates their beliefs. I'm going to read you the story from Veritas. We're going to go through why Pfizer, you know, what they're saying, why they're freaking out. But I want to show you something first. This is from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, breaking down fetal cells used to, in the production of vaccines. I have a couple different sources, and I want to show you, yes, in no uncertain terms, this is a fact. Now, as for your beliefs, that's your belief. I'm not telling you you should, you should uh, 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 agree with the people who are upset about this or disagree with them. That's entirely on you. 
When it comes to the use of vaccines, I genuinely believe that they're safe and effective. I do believe they're adverse events. I just think we vaccinated 330 million people. So you're going to see a large portion of, of, of adverse events simply by nature of how many people have been vaccinated. But that's not relevant to my personal beliefs in individual choice and freedom. So by all means, you're free to disagree with me on any of this. I just think you should make sure you're getting your information from trusted medical sources, doctors, etc., and then you can make the decision that's right for you. No one should be forcing you to undergo any medical treatment, and you should be getting approval from your doctor on whatever it is you're going to be taking. So watch out for these internet people, man. Look, I, I, I get it. A lot of people just want to trust sources on the internet more than they want to trust medical professionals. You just got to make sure that the medical professional you're talking to is someone who aligns with your values. Like you, you, you have to trust them. And if it's hard to find, then, then find someone, you know, find someone who can actually explain these things to you. Cause let, let me read this for you. Okay. I'm not a doctor. I can't give you advice. I wouldn't purport to, nor would I give you legal advice on how you should run a legal, you know, defensive campaign or whatever, or who to sue. Or, uh, I, I will, I will say, well, actually I can, that's different suing people for, for violating your rights, but how you do it and financial advice. I, I don't do those things. Okay. So disagree with me all you want. That's between you and your medical professional. The Children's Hospital of Philadelphia says vaccines for varicella, chickenpox, rubella, hepatitis A, rabies, uh, one version called Emovax, and COVID-19, one U.S. approved version, Johnson & Johnson, Janssen, are all made by growing viruses in fetal cells. Now, they say right here, this is an article from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, NewsGuard certified, saying COVID-19 vaccine, the Johnson & Johnson at least. Now from Veritas, we have what appears to be confirmation, a whistleblower statement. I say appears to be because typically you need three sources and a direct statement or at least three sources. But we'll say we've got whistleblower testimony. That the Pfizer vaccine is also using fetal cells in their experimentation. They say they're all made by growing viruses in fetal cells. All of these, except the COVID-19 vaccine, are made using fibroblast cells. The COVID-19 vaccine is made using fetal retinal cells. Now, it appears, according to the expose from Veritas, they're using uh, embryonic kidney cells. They say fibroblast cell history. Fibroblast cells are the cells needed to hold skin and other connective tissue together. The fetal fibroblast cells used to grow vaccine viruses were first obtained from elective termination of two pregnancies in the early 1960s. These same fetal cells obtained from the early 1960s have continued to grow in the laboratory and are used to make vaccines today. No further sources of fetal cells are needed to make these vaccines. The reason that fetal cells were originally used included viruses need cells to grow and tend to grow better in cells from humans than animals because they infect humans. Almost all cells die after they have divided a certain number of times. Scientifically, this number is known as the Hayflick limit. For most cell lines, including fetal cells, it is around 50 divisions. However, because fetal cells have not divided as many times as other cell types, they can be used longer. In addition, because of the ability to maintain cells at very low temperatures, such as in liquid nitrogen, scientists are able to continue using the same fetal cell lines that were isolated in the 1960s. As scientists study these viruses in the lab, they found that the best cells to use were the fetal cells mentioned above. When it was time to make a vaccine, they continued growing the viruses in the cells that worked best during these earlier studies. Interestingly, it sounds like what they're saying is they actually could use other cells. The objection most people have is that these are elective abortions that people got uh, that, that 
well, let, me, let me make sure I, uh, I say elective termination of two pregnancies. Perhaps they could have acquired the cells from, I don't know, maybe a miscarriage or maybe, I don't know, uh, maybe something that wasn't just an elective termination, perhaps. Now, I'm not saying people would still accept the use of fetal cells from, say, a miscarriage or something like that. The fact remains, it sounds like what they're saying is they could use cells from living adults who volunteer certain cells, but that fetal cells just work better. So they've chosen that. It seems like there is an actual opportunity, although it may be more difficult to produce a non-fetal cell line vaccine, although I'm not a scientist. They say retinal cell history. The retinal cells used to make the COVID-19 adenovirus vaccine were isolated from a terminated fetus in 1985 and adapted for use in growing adenovirus-based vaccines in the late 1990s. Adenovirus-based vaccines that cannot replicate when administered to people need to be produced in cells that have necessary gene to allow for large quantities of the virus to be made. The retinal cell line called PERC6 was adapted to enable production of these altered viruses. They say even though fetal cells are used to grow vaccine viruses, vaccines do not contain these cells or pieces of DNA that are recognizable as human DNA. People can be assured of the following. When viruses grow in cells, the cells are killed because in most cases, the new viruses burst the cells to be released. I don't think that's actually going to persuade people who are upset by this. I think it would actually just make them angrier. Once the vaccine virus is grown, it is purified so that cellular debris and growth reagents are removed. During this process of purification, any remaining cellular DNA is also broken down. To learn more about DNA and vaccine, you can visit vaccine ingredients and the DNA page. That being said, the reason why I'm showing you this is because that was not from Project Veritas. So all of these people on, on the left or in the establishment or all of the censors who want to come out and say it's fake news, what Veritas is saying, I'm showing you the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. How about this article from science.org? Abortion opponents protest COVID-19 vaccines use of fetal cells. Two candidates on White House shortlist will receive up to $1.7 billion from June of 2020. What have we learned from the whistleblower statement that one, it is not just Johnson & Johnson. Pfizer, according to the whistleblower, is also using fetal cell lines, which should not be surprising to anybody considering other vaccines do the same thing, and that Pfizer is worried people will find out. Project Veritas reports, Vanessa Gelman, Pfizer's senior director of worldwide research, quote, from the perspective of corporate affairs, we want to avoid having the information on fetal cells floating out there. The risk of communicating this right now outweighs any potential benefit we could see, particularly with general members of the public who may take this information and use it in ways we may not want out there. We have not received any questions from policymakers or media on this issue in the last few weeks, so we want to avoid raising this if possible. Gelman says, we have been trying as much as possible to not mention the fetal cell lines. One or more cell lines with an origin that can be traced back to human fetal tissue has been used in laboratory tests associated with the vaccine program. Philip Dormitzer, Pfizer chief scientific officer, HEC 293 T cells, used for the IVE assay are ultimately derived from an aborted fetus. On the other hand, the Vatican Doctrinal Committee has confirmed that they consider it acceptable for pro-life believers to be immunized. Pfizer's official statement couches the answer well and is what should be provided in response to an outside inquiry. I would like to stress, I don't believe that most people are just simply saying, whatever the Vatican says, I'll do. People have deeply held moral and, inter and, and religious beliefs. I don't agree with all of them. 
obviously neither do you, but we are not a nation that imposes our will religiously over other people. No, we're a nation that says, hey, you can't do that. And that's why we have consistently argued with religious fundamentalists and, and moral authoritarians saying, look, we have to be a state that respects individuals' right to, to you know, practice their own religion within reason. Now, of course, I think there are many on the right who would say aborting babies, terminating a, a baby's life goes above and beyond any kind of religious belief. And that's where things get interesting. And I don't mean in a good way. I mean complicated because the left argues that their babies aren't alive. We had Vosh, the socialist, you know, he's leftist on the show a couple times. And, and, and again, my respect to him for coming on. We disagree on this. He said, I, I asked him when he thinks life begins. And he says, I don't know, maybe at birth, which is remarkable to me, considering that fetuses are viable, I believe, after five months. And now that's premature and they'll have to be put, you know, in, in, in care and, and, and helped to survive and develop. But at a certain point, around six or seven months, the baby can survive outside the womb. So how is it then that the baby is not alive? I just, sorry, I, I, I don't believe it. And I got to be honest with you, my, my personal opinion is we cannot nitpick when and what life is. It is obvious. Life begins at conception. That's when a unique form of DNA emerges. The entity is, is, is in creation and it is happening. I'll tell you this. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We have, I, I've mentioned this on, uh, on IRL. We, I, I had rotten chicken eggs in the incubator, and we couldn't discern which were and weren't, for the most part, the rotten ones. And so I had to make a guess and removed some. One of the eggs may have actually not been rotten. I don't know for sure. It may have been, but when we disposed of it, we could see that there was a baby chick growing inside of it. And it may have died. It may, it may have died. And it, and it was a profoundly saddening feeling that this, this, this life was growing. And that was just a chicken. So I, I think there's a lot of people who are just, I, I think the argument that life doesn't begin at conception is a political argument. That's all it is. And I think it's a willful lie. There is no scientific basis, no logical basis to determine that life does not begin at conception. In many states, if a woman is, is pregnant and doesn't even know, and then someone attacks her and she loses her pregnancy, you could be charged with murder because there's life. Now, the life is independent from the woman. Of course, many people then say, oh, but Tim, you're pro-choice because I can't. I, 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 look, it's difficult. That's the only thing I can say. The idea that the government would be like, we mandate you provide your body to someone else, regardless of, you know, whatever. And it's just like, so a lot of people have pointed out exemptions, you know, like in Texas's law, you get six weeks for elective termination. And I'm like, wow, you know, I, I don't like the idea that abortion is used as contraception, but I also don't like the idea of someone having to petition the government for a medical procedure that's devastating to them. And you'll get people exploiting it. So it's a very, it's a very difficult moral position. I, I don't have the answers. I just don't trust the government to be in charge of this stuff. And that's really the only thing I can say. I'm like, I just don't see how things are improved by forcing people to petition a government that's callous. That's, you know, a woman is being denied a kidney transplant for being unvaccinated. And I'm like, the last thing we want is for you to have to go to the government. You might have a very serious, like, I just, I just, I just, I'm not a fan.
You know, I'm a big fan of universal health care, but I've often said I don't believe it can be implemented because the government would then start violating people's rights. And there needs to be a diverse there needs to be a private and free market opportunity for healthcare so that people can there can be competition and they can't be denied services. It is not an easy situation. But they're going to say Melissa Strickler, Pfizer insider and manufacturing quality auditor, quote, they're being so deceptive in their emails. It's almost like this is in the final vaccine. It just made me not trust it. Now, I, I don't, that, that, that to me sounds very hyperbolic. They are outright admitting across the board. They, 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 they test on fetal cells. I do not believe it is true and fair to say it's in the vaccine. That to me doesn't make sense. I, 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 what they're saying about using the cells to produce the virus and then the virus has destroyed the cells. Yeah, that sounds like what viruses do. So yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be in the final vaccine. But that's, that's, that's the other thing too. Don't get hung up on that. In my opinion, that's not even relevant. They are legitimately and overtly using fetal cells to experiment and produce vaccines. It may not be in the vaccine, but don't let that be that that is an escape hatch. The establishment on the left will say it's not in the vaccine. And, and this is what you're going to end up seeing as questions start emerging about this. I guarantee you when a Republican says we've got reports now that you use human fetal tissue from a board uh, from abortions to produce these vaccines. They'll say, uh, um, with all due respect, Senator, we do not have fetal tissue in these vaccines in any capacity. That is not true. They're, they're, they're in the final, in, in, in the product you receive, you are not being injected with fetal tissue. And, and that is not correct that it, that it is in the production. I'm sorry. Because what they'll, you see how the weasel words work. And you're not going to see any smart senator actually counter it, in my opinion, because the real issue is they're using them in the experimentation and production of viruses, not in the production of the full vaccine itself. Now, if you object to the use of fetal cells this way, then I, I think you have to pay attention to that line because they, they will come out. No, no, look, 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 we, we've seen the reports online and they'll change. You, you, you do this. It's, it's an amazing political technique. They'll say something like, I heard that you were eating ice cream. And like the fact checkers, they'll say, this is absolutely not true. We did not have gelato on Sunday. And then they'll be like, and they'll, and they'll draw it out too, to make it seem like they're talking about the same thing. With all due respect, Senator, we have seen the online conspiracy theories. People have been freaking out because of images that they claim shows, you know, our employees. But I assure you, gelato is not being consumed in the workplace and especially not on Sundays. And then people will be like, wait, he just said gelato. He's talking about something different. You see how the, the game they play. No, no, no. There's no fetal cells in our vaccines. I can rest assured that is not the case. And then people will believe it. Strickler says, I came to Project Veritas because I have no one else to turn to and my own company won't be honest with me. What I was told to do was to trust Project Veritas and to go with you guys by lawmakers, by lawyers. Strickler has created a give, send, go campaign for herself where the public can go and directly support her financially in her time of need. Project Veritas, one of the last few journalistic enterprises. How about that? Excellent work from the Veritas team and James O'Keefe. Look, let's, let's, let's be absolutely real. Is Project Veritas proving that fetal cell tissue is being used in vaccines? No. They're proving Pfizer is using them. The previous report says only Johnson & Johnson. We know they do this. And that's something people should be aware of, especially if, they're, if they have concerns. People need to do research into this stuff. What Veritas is exposing here is that Pfizer understands people morally object to this 
and that it will be bad for them. The way I see it is if you're doing something and you think it's fine, you should be proud to say that you're doing it. And this is the funny thing. So many people will do things they know are morally objectionable. So you know what you're doing is wrong or you're scared that other people will view it as wrong. And then you'll have to answer some difficult questions. I just I, I genuinely don't understand if they if they truly believe in what they're doing, they should welcome the questions from from senators and from members of Congress. Right. It should be simple. Um, you know, with all due respect, Senator, we do use these cells. We believe it's vitally important and we're saving lives by doing so. If you have a moral objection, I can certainly understand that. But we are going to save more lives. They could just answer it. It's strange to me when people say no one can find out. It's like they know what they're doing is wrong. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not. I'm certainly not a fan of elective termination. I think that's wrong. Absolutely. In this capacity, you have medical technology and science, and there's a real serious conundrum between. Well, actually, I'm going to stop there. I certainly think there are instances where science um, can cross the line and there are some benefits to it, but it's, it's a really difficult decision because who will they abuse in that endeavor? In this instance, it sounds like from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, they really could just use non-fetal cells. Like they said, cells divide about 50 times. Okay. So uh, why don't you use cells that have already divided 20 times? It would just be a little bit harder, I suppose. Is that it? You can choose to not use aborted fetal tissue and use the tissue of maybe um, a, a, a human being, an, an adult human being. Let's say, let's say that the, 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 the cells have divided 30 or 40 times. You can still use them. Isn't that weird? I'm not going to pretend to be a scientist. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I can tell you this, though. It is between you and your doctor on what you do with your body. And if it comes to a medical or religious, it comes to a religious decision, that's something you hold deeply within yourself. Now, people are saying if you're being denied a religious religious exemption, you need to file suit. And I certainly believe we must uh, we have to. If, if you don't respect private religious beliefs, we do not. We are not a diverse nation. We do not believe in diversity for all the people that come out and say we have to respect, you know, the, the Islamic community and there's Islamophobia and all that. Hey, I agree. People are allowed to to believe what they believe because we are not the arbiters of truth. And in this capacity, I certainly understand why people are outraged by this. What does that mean for our civilization? Man, I don't know. The United States Operation Paperclip, that Japanese crew, they were doing a whole bunch of really awful human experimentation. And we learned a lot from it and it's benefited us in the long run. But that's a scary thought. We do have to do human experimentation. It's called clinical trials. But we try to minimize the risk to people. In this instance, they're outright saying it was a terminated, you know, fetus. And I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not a monk. I'm not a, a philosopher. I'm not a re- religious theologist or religious philosopher. I'm not a priest or a rabbi or an imam or anything like that. So I can't tell you the answers to the deep questions. I can just tell you what's being reported. You have to make those decisions for yourself. I believe in individual choice and personal responsibility. That also means you are responsible for what happens to this country and the future if you are not standing up. And with that being said, I'd like to show you one last thing before we go. The ground not dot news bias bar. As you can see, only right wing sources are reporting this story from Veritas that I find truly interesting. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Dr. Senator Rand Paul is slamming Fauci, saying that Fauci is lying about natural immunity because it foils his vaccination plan. Now, I think this is a trap 
Let me explain. We're already seeing more and more vaccine mandates pop up. As per the story, you know, Los Angeles has okayed one of the strictest vaccination mandates in the country. And we expect this to all get worse. Recently, I had some friends go to the store to pick up some food and they were like, dude, the shelves were empty. Yeah, things are getting bad. But I need you to understand something as we read about what Rand Paul's saying and what's happening in Los Angeles. You've played tic-tac-toe before. I know you have. Well, how do you defeat your opponent in tic-tac-toe? You got to catch them off guard. Now, for adults, tic-tac-toe is not really a game you play because you can't win. For kids, well, you can trick your opponent by setting yourself up so that no matter which move they make, you will win. The same is true for Connect Four. How do you win Connect Four? You set it up so that you've got like one, two, three, you know, red circles. And if, and if they make a move, no matter what move they make, you will be cleared to win because you'll get four diagonal or four across. The point is you control where your opponent can go to guarantee your victory. A better example may be chess. When you're playing chess against someone who's unskilled, you'll make a move knowing exactly what moves they can make in response and having plans prepared for what they do in that event. So vaccine mandates. I don't believe vaccine mandates are the true goal of what's actually being implemented. I think it is just convenient for the establishment to enact social credit systems. They've got a crisis they will not let go to waste. Donald Trump spearheaded Operation Warp Speed. He rammed this through. I genuinely believe the vaccines are safe and effective. I think you're being all tricked about government policy issues. And this is what frustrates me. They want you to give in so they can enact social credit systems. That's why in New York, the vaccine mandate is not even just about the vaccine. It's about you showing your ID. You've got to show your, paper, your, your, your actual ID and they want a mobile app. Why? Here's what happens. Rand Paul, much respect. He's, he's like the only politician I actually like. OK, I think it is a good job, but he's walking into a pit trap. Natural immunity. You know, there's several studies saying natural immunity is better than vaccine immunity. Some are, are inconclusive, and that's typically what we're seeing. So there's like, you know, uh, Yahoo News, this big publication saying, you know, people that there's actually some pretty prominent studies saying natural immunity is better. And they all basically conclude that natural immunity plus a vaccination is still the best. But if natural immunity is better then many people are saying, if I've already caught COVID through no fault of my own because it happened, why should I need to go and get vaccinated when I already have better immunity? That's not even that's not even relevant, in my opinion, what's going on. And I think we are purposefully being misled by politicians who are exploiting a crisis, by people who don't understand the, the, the depravity. My friends, if your two options are why are they lying about natural immunity and there's a vaccine mandate, no matter what happens, the outcome will be social credit scores. So my response is, dude, if you want to take any kind of medication, just go talk to a doctor. I honestly don't know or don't care. I can't tell you what fosoprendizolone or whatever these medications are or what they mean, because I'm not a doctor, nor a chemist, nor a pharmacist. And so no matter what I'm getting prescribed, for the most part, I'm just like, don't know what it is. I'll look up information on it. I'll check the background. I'll look for adverse effects and all that stuff. And that's along with the research I do. And then I'll talk to a doctor. And look, if you've got an infection or something, maybe you like you, you, you're walking through the forest and you bump into a pointy stick and you're like, oh, no. And they're like, we're going to give you this, you know, tetrahabinazole or whatever. You're going to be like, OK, here's what I think. They've got us so distracted about medications. Certainly, there's a lot of money in it for big pharma that we're not actively discussing the policies 
enough. I know we're all saying no vaccine mandate. But when the conversation gets pulled back to natural immunity, what's going to happen is they're going to say, "Okay, fine, you win. You win. We'll allow people with natural immunity to not get the vaccine. And then everyone goes, yay, we won. And they say, pull out your app and give me your papers. And we go, "Okay, no, I'm not okay with that. That's the problem. The authoritarianism is the problem. Whether or not someone wants to get a medication isn't the issue, in my opinion. Whether natural immunity is better or worse is irrelevant because natural immunity as a factor in the debate still means mandates. And that's what we get. I don't think Fauci's, I I, I don't think that many of these Democrats are sitting there, you know, actually worried for the most part about vaccines. And I think it can be easily broken down. You know, Joe Biden says we need, you know, 98 percent of people to be vaccinated to get back to normal. Oh, please spare me. They keep lying. But more importantly, people in rural areas who don't encounter other people probably aren't going out and they're just staying at home for the most part. I was at a gas station in Wyoming. This dude was like 100 miles from civilization. We were, we, I was driving through Wyoming a couple years ago, several years ago, uh, like four, and running out of gas. And there's just empty road, cell phones not working. And I'm just thinking to myself, wow, I'm going to, me and my friend, like, we're going to run out of gas because there's no gas stations. We can't get a map going. We don't know where, where, how, where, you know, what to look for. And then we see this little shack by the side of the road. And I don't even think twice. I just, I'm just driving. And then also my friend goes, it's a gas pump. And we're like, what? And then I slam the brakes on turn around and lo and behold, this rickety old gas pump. And I'm like, wow, we go inside and there's this old man watching Fox News. He's got a little dog and he's like, you know, what can I do you for? And we're like, we need gas. He's like, I gotcha. And we're like, oh, wow, lucky. We had like a hundred miles left and there was nothing in sight. And we were like, time is, I think, no, I think we maybe, maybe had like 70, 70 miles. We, we are assuming, I don't know for sure. Anyway, my point is, this dude is not rushing out to shut down his store to drive two or 300 miles to get a vaccine. And so when they talk about 98%, they're saying what all of these people who live in the rural areas that don't interact all that much with other people are going to take time out of their workday? Yeah, probably not. So you're not going to get the levels they claim you'll get to. Cities, perhaps in cities that I understand, and New York does have a high vaccination rate. But they are enacting very severe mandates. And that is the real issue. If Joe Biden says even that guy needs to be vaccinated, I get it. I get why they look. A lot of people, there's a viral video right now. And they're like, if the protected, you know, if the vaccine is protecting these people, then why should unvaccinated people, you know, get the same protection if it's not protecting the other people? Like you get the point. They're saying, how are unvaccinated people a, a risk to vaccinated people? Yo, you need to listen to the actual arguments that they're making. The argument that they're making is that if unvaccinated people are more likely to get the virus, it's more likely to, to result in higher rates of mutation, which could eventually by like if you get a new variation of COVID, it could bypass the existing vaccines because they were designed, I think, for like alpha and beta strains. That's their argument. I understand that argument. I'm not going to mischaracterize their argument. I still think it's a rather silly argument in the big picture, but it's not like they're saying vaccines don't work. That's not they're not saying that at all. In fact, they're saying they do work. And if everybody does get one, then you will, to the best of our abilities, slow down the rate of mutation. Regardless of any of that, I, I, I am sick of having an argument around medical science as if we're scientists. You know what we are? We the people of a country that says the, that determines the amount of risk they're willing to take for their freedoms, in which case make all the arguments in the world that you want. When it comes to COVID, I still say 
It's time to recognize what's happening. There's there is a food shortage. There is a labor shortage. There is a fuel shortage. The cargo ships, everything is falling apart. It is collapsing. At a certain point, we have to do a cost benefit analysis and say, how many people will starve around the world? What is the acceptable losses if we don't get back to work? And are we as a country going to allow the government to mandate our papers in any capacity? Now, when it comes to bars, you want to sit at the bar, you want to go to a bar. Okay, you need an ID. I'm not even a big fan of that for the most part. I guess I think that drinking age at 21 is wrong. 18, if you're an adult, you're a legal adult, you can enter contracts. That's your own business. But when it comes to what's happening with vaccine mandates, please, we need to stop getting into the muck and the mire about medical issues that I I don't care if someone gets the vaccine. I really don't. I'm not them. They're not me. No one should force anyone to do so. But more importantly, no one should be forced to undergo testing. No one should be forced to present their papers. And that's the issue I think is particularly important. And, and, and a big shout out for those that are watching on, on YouTube, Fox Business trying to auto refresh on me. Get out of here with that. Here's what's happening in Los Angeles. One of the strictest U.S. vaccination mandates, they say the city council voted 11 to 2 in favor of the ordinance that will require proof of full vaccination for patrons and workers starting November 4th. Quote from, from the mayor, vaccinating more Angelinos is our only way out of this pandemic, and we must do everything in our power to keep pushing those numbers up. These new rules will encourage people, more people to get the shot and make businesses safer for workers and customers so that we can save more lives. The move came after the city council postponed a vote last week to deal with concerns ranging from who could be fined for violations to whether employees could end up in fist fights when they had to serve as vaccine door monitors. Door monitors? Some critics charge that a mandate would amount to segregation for those who cannot or refuse to be vaccinated. Others call it unenforceable. This is one of the big issues I have with it segregation. Some people cannot get the vaccine, period. Don't care. Don't know why. It's none of my business. We cannot segregate them. We should not be forcing them to undergo special, uh, a special circumstance. So what they're saying is, if you cannot get the vaccine for medical reasons, well, then you'll have to get a negative test every three days. Unacceptable. People shouldn't be forced to undergo testing because of a medical restriction. Imagine if they said, everybody in a wheelchair must get a special blood test every three days. Otherwise, they're not allowed in buildings. I understand there's a difference between COVID and a disability. The point I'm making is regardless of what the disability is, you cannot restrict people because of it. If there is someone who has an, a, a, a severe case of you know, MS or something, and in this instance, their doctor says, no, I don't want you getting the vaccine because it, I know it, it happens, then are we going to then be okay with telling them they are, they are subject to special rules and laws based on their medical ailment? I'm not a fan of this. They go on to say, the ordinance would require people to be fully vaccinated to enter indoor public spaces, including shopping malls, restaurants, bars, gyms, sports arenas, museums, spas, nail salons, indoor city facilities, and other locations. Current vaccine eligibility includes people aged 12 and up. Children under that age aren't yet eligible for the vaccine. Negative coronavirus tests within 72 hours of entry to those places would be required for people with religious or medical exemptions or vaccinations. Customers without proof can still use outdoor facilities and can briefly enter a business to use a restroom or pick up a food order. That's what I love about this. That should be the issue right there that shows you it's not about just the vaccine. In New York, performers are exempt. People take ordering takeout and using bathrooms, exempt. Think about that for two seconds. You're a touring performer. You're a comedian and you travel around the country. Okay, 
you come into contact with substantially more people than the average person and all over the country, and you have no requirement for testing or vaccination or anything like that. That's New York. It doesn't make sense, does it? Now, what about this in Los Angeles? If you want to walk in for takeout, for a pickup food order, as if you can't spread COVID, as if you're not going to be sneezy or touching things, it doesn't make sense. What they're really saying is if you want to enjoy the amenities of public accommodation, do as you're told. I've said this before. I think they use vaccination specifically because most people don't care. They think it's fine. And vaccines are good things. So they've found a circumstance in which people are scared. They found something people overwhelmingly trust. And now they're saying, do these things or else. We're also including an ID mandate and we're developing an app to track your your information. Look at Australia. It's not about vaccine mandates. People are required to take selfies of themselves. Otherwise, the police will show up at their door. That's absolutely insane. It is authoritarianism. Now, with respect to Dr. Senator Rand Paul, I think he's a good dude. I think it is important to talk about natural immunity. But I feel like this is still within the confines of their debate, where they said the first presupposition is there will be and must be mandates. Following that, the question is, should there be exemptions for natural immunity or not? This argument is within their, 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 their territory. We see this all the time with the left. The right always engages in the, in the left's argument. Here's what the right should be arguing right now. Absolutely no requirements, no mandates, no lockdowns, nothing. Free and open everything, period. Absolutely no restrictions and no requirements. Why? Because then the compromise is something like, okay, we'll protect the elderly and, and, and you know, make sure people are safe and encourage vaccination, but not mandate it. This is what the right does. Gun control is a really good, a really good example. The right says no gun control, even though there's already ridiculous amounts of laws in the books banning tons of weapons that the bans make no sense. Then the left says, okay, you guys are at no new laws. How about instead of doing the full ban every single gun imaginable, we'll just ban these handful of guns. And the Republicans say, that's a compromise. We'll ban those guns. And then we compromised. And then in 10 years, the Democrats come back and say, hey, so you guys don't want to ban any more guns, but how about we compromise? You see how it works. The Republicans need to come out and say, our position is to repeal all gun bans, to pass a federal law repealing the, uh, to, to repeal the NFA, National Firearms Act, and another law that says states have no authority to infringe upon the right of any of their citizens to keep and bear arms, any arm for any reason. That's what they need to do. You know why? As much as I would enjoy that, what will really happen is the Democrats will come back and say, that's insane. At the very least, you have to ban, you know, nuclear missiles and, 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 and cruise missiles. And the Republicans can respond with, that's absurd. Nobody has those things. So fine, we'll give you that one. And then, oh, no, you can't own a cruise missile. Sure, I'm not really worried about that all that much. Although there is an argument that it still counts as arms. And if people could own cannons and privateers, maybe we shouldn't even let that happen. But at the very least, if Republicans were actually pulling back, the Democrats will be forced to compromise in their positions, which they aren't and they don't. Mitch McConnell, turtle man, for some reason keeps getting elected. Now he's telling the Democrats, I'm going to go along with what you say on the debt ceiling because I'm a pathetic loser. And that's what he's doing. And you get people who just keep voting for the guy. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Primary these people, my friends. The Uniparty doesn't like you. They don't care about you. They think you are stupid and they want to rule over you. Because they can't imagine living in a world where the rabble have a say. But you know what the world is like when you don't have a say? You can look at the Dark Ages. You can look at the Soviet Union. You can look at Venezuela. When you have no say, you will live in squalor. And the wealthy elites will extract whatever they can. We have to understand the game of chess being played. They start the debate with, and and they try and create only two outcomes. It's the big ask. By the time this debate is over, what's going to happen? We will have social credit systems. Now, with that all being said, there is still a light here at the end of the tunnel. The Daily Mail reports vaccine experts advise the White House to abandon its plan to provide COVID booster shots to all Americans in yet another setback for the Biden administration rollout. We have to be careful that when they go too far with authoritarianism, we don't celebrate them going only slightly less far. We were, we were talking about uh, Stuart Scheller, Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller. He's the guy who spoke up about, a, a, about Afghanistan demanding accountability for military leaders. He was put in the brig. We did a segment on Tim Cast I was like, this is great news. He's been released. Everybody. And Ian made a good point. He said, yeah, but that's like a headline, like man stops beating his wife. And we all laugh because it's like, yeah, you know, well, it's actually true. If the story starts with a negative, government does bad thing. There's no reason to celebrate when government just stops doing bad thing. We should still be angry about it. And that's where they get you. They'll, they'll say hardcore vaccine mandates. Everyone will go, ah, rabble, rabble, rabble. Then they'll come back and say, okay, we're, we're lowering the threshold for vaccine mandates. We're going to allow negative testing once a month. And we're going to allow, you know, uh, and, uh, immunity testing once a month. How does that sound? And then everyone goes, once a month, that's reasonable. And then you have a mandate. And then you have to show your papers everywhere you go. So we have to remain steadfast in pushing back against all of this. Now, they're, they're saying they want to abandon the booster shot thing, which is probably part of the big ask, in my opinion, because now people are going to be like, OK, whew, Bill Maher was like, I'm not getting a booster. So they say, OK, that's the line. Bill Maher's already took one for the team, as he said. So he's going to be like, ah, see there, we were right because they pull it as far as they can and then walk it back a little bit and people accept it. I want to show you this story I highlighted before. It needs to be shown. Just 10 violations so far under New York City's vaccine mandate for businesses. Now, there's been 21,000 inspections and 5,800 warnings. Only 10 violations so far. The warnings were because businesses didn't have signs in the window. They weren't actually, they, they probably weren't even doing anything. If they had no signs in the window, I really doubt they were checking for people's papers. I hear from friends, we had Ariel Scarcella on the show, that when she's in New York, she hasn't noticed anything. She goes into businesses. No one says anything to her. No one asks for her vaccine card. New York has no ability to enforce this. So do not let the argument drift into how they get to enforce it. It should strictly be this. They've been unable to enforce it. Therefore, there's no point in even having it in place. There should be no vaccine mandate. I'll put it this way. There should be no mandates, whatever they may be. Immunity mandates or negative tests or vaccines. No one should be forced to show their papers. And and New York City has clearly shown it doesn't work anyway. How do we get through this? I do not have all the answers, my friends. 
But I can tell you if people are unwilling to stand up, and it seems for the most part in much of New York, they are unwilling to stand up. The end result is going to be a not so good future. And I don't know what else to tell you. If you are unwilling to stand up for what you believe in and say no, then don't be surprised when no one else is willing to stand up either because they see no leadership. It is up to you to, 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 to spread that message, to stand up and say, you know, I will not support these, these moves. I'm unsurprised about Los Angeles having the worst lockdowns. Los Angeles sucks. But I don't think the, uh, the establishment elites like cities very much. There's some, there's, there, there is some good out of, out of this. Some people are mad that I said that before. I said, you know, more parents will spend time with their kids. Kids will start doing, seeing their parents work more. But there have been a lot of, there's been a lot of suicide. A lot of young people have been developing in a world that was dramatically different. They can't handle it. These are bad things. But we need to be responsible to our families, to ourselves, to, to the world. And so, you know what? At the very least, just don't go to these cities. I don't know what else to say. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at youtube.com slash timcast at 4 p.m. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.